This is CNN Breaking News. Breaking news, a 6.4 magnitude earthquake striking Southern California, the largest in decades, centered near the town of Ridgecrest. Welcome to this special edition of The Lead. I'm Dana Bash, in for Jake. The Kern County Fire Department says they're responding to house fires like the one you're seeing there. And in Ridgecrest, the regional hospital is being evacuated. In Los Angeles, the long rolling quake made buildings sway back and forth for several seconds. There have been more than 50, 50 aftershocks with more expected. I want to get straight to Los Angeles. Sarah Seidner is there. Sarah, what kind of damage is being reported as of this hour? We are hearing from the mayor there in Ridgecrest that there are at least five fires that have been burning, that they know that there are gas lines that have ruptured, which can be extremely dangerous. Uh, there can be explosions. So there is a lot of rescue crews out. We have heard from the fire department that they are going on emergency calls for potential injuries uh, as well. It was centered there in Ridgecrest, about 156 miles uh, northeast of here in Los Angeles. But it was certainly felt here as well in just about an hour away in San Bernardino, uh, which is more than 100 miles away from where the epicenter was. Uh, they are talking about potential cracks in buildings and some rock slides uh, and, you know, some structures that are damaged. So this was a, a very big event uh, that, they, that hasn't been seen uh, in Southern California in quite some time, as you mentioned. And we should also mention that we are now hearing from seismologists that this may not have just been one particular quake, one event, that two different faults may have ruptured uh, in this during the 6.4 event uh, there in the Ridgecrest area, which would explain uh, some of the damage that we're seeing. We're also seeing big cracks in one of the highways there, one of the, 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 the small highways there uh, in, the, in and around the Ridgecrest area from social media. We're also hearing from people who are feeling these aftershocks, one after another after another, at least 58 aftershocks have happened since the 6.4 uh, earthquake that struck in Ridgecrest. And the regional hospital, the one that serves basically everyone in that area and surrounding areas, is now evacuating people. Uh, the reason for the evacuation hasn't been spelled out exactly, but generally speaking, the reason for evacuations in a place like a hospital where they're caring for patients uh, and, and any kind of emergencies is because they are concerned about the structure uh, of that particular building. And so that is a significant event happening to a lot of people feeling scared, a lot of people shaken by this, both physically and emotionally. The mayor telling people something very important. If you are okay, if everything is fine in your home, but you haven't heard from a neighbor, go check on them. Uh, and that I'm sure is happening in the Ridgecrest area now. But this was a significant, moderately large earthquake, a 6.4. Haven't seen that in quite some time uh, in this area. Uh, and it is significant to people who felt it here that went on for several seconds. We certainly felt it where where we were, the whole building, a 15-story building, uh, was shaking. Dana? And Sarah, on that, obviously you're reporting on what's going on there, but you were also uh, part of it. Uh, you said sure. that, there, I mean, I've been to that building. It is quite a large building yeah. to have it yeah. shake. You're supposed to be trained in this as an Angelino, but it's a, quite a different thing when it actually happens. Absolutely. And because we have not felt one that this was that was this large, uh, certainly in L.A. it was nowhere near a 6.4. That was the epicenter. But we felt it for several seconds. And mm -hmm. that is where you really notice uh, everything sort of swaying. We know that on the on the first floor that the folks down there actually felt the, the ground ripple. Uh, but above that, you sort of felt the whole building sway. And then as you looked outside, you could see these light poles swaying just slightly. Uh, and of course, we have a camera on the very top of the building that showed right as it happened, the camera started jumping up and down. Uh, a lot of folks in Los Angeles uh, have been told because this is such a large population of people, one of the largest populated cities in the country, not to call 911 unless you have an injury or an emergency because those, those phone lines can be flooded and can actually hurt those who actually need help. But so far, uh, the good news is that here in the Los Angeles area where the population is very large, no reports of injuries, no reports of any kind uh, of damage here. Uh, but Ridgecrest, another scenario. The mayor telling us there are several fires burning, there are gas lines that have been ruptured, and there are people who have been calling for help. Dana? Sarah, thank you so much for all of that reporting. Sure. You talked about Ridgecrest. Joining me now on the phone is House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, who represents uh, that area and its surrounding areas in Congress. 
Uh, Mr. Leader, thank you so much for, for calling in. First, how serious is the damage in your district? Well, we're assessing it right now, and as uh, the reporter was just talking about, they have taken people out of the hospital. I was just talking to Mayor uh, Peggy Breeden. Uh, they are taking people out of the hospital to assess the hospital, but there are reported about five different fires. These are gas leaks and others. Now, in Ridgecrest, this is an eastern portion of Kern County. Um, we have a naval base there, uh, China Lake Naval Weapons Center. That's very important. Uh, so been assessing the damage there as well. But you have Bakersfield, and when you're talking about Los Angeles filling it, that's more than two and a half hours away that they're filling this. So you've got to think how large a quake this is. And it hasn't been just one, as you know. Earlier this week, we had a little closer to L.A. and where this county is as well, Kern County. There's about 12 different um, earthquakes. And if you live through California, you live through many of these. I've lived through many of them. But this one is different. This is stronger. This, this is... When that Northridge earthquake, where, where highways fell uh, down, that was that was stronger than this. But this is a significant earthquake, and right now we're somewhat fortunate. Not as much damage for how how large of quake this is, but we're assessing all the damage now. Okay, well, let me take through a couple of things that you just mentioned. First, uh, the hospital, the fact that they are evacuating again just to assess damage. I mean, that's no small thing to evacuate a no. hospital. No, and in this community, this is the hospital. Mm -hmm. And so this community, this is out towards the Mojave Desert. It's, the epicenter was Trona. And you think how far well, I was getting calls from people's buildings in L.A. shaking two and a half hours away. Mm -hmm. But you, you've now got gas leaks going. Uh, we try to assess the highways as well. If there's cracks within there. So uh, we've got the emergency units out there looking. We've got a lot of 911 calls. But if you lived in Ridgecrest, things are coming off your shelves. This is a significant earthquake. And gas leaks, you know, you talk about the gas leaks. It's this, it sounds very scary and is and possibly could be uh, very scary. Uh, it's something that people expect with earthquakes. And then, of course, the aftershocks. How concerned are you about what could happen? with those gas, gas leaks? Well, it's concerning, but the gas company there, we've got to make sure you're shutting down the lines where the quake hit. Um, what's concerning, though, too, is the number of aftershocks we had. And normally, I'm no expert, but I just lived through my life, where you have a very big quake, and then you have the other ones. There's usually different type of quakes, like a rolling one or a shaking. This was more of a shaking one than a rolling one. Um, and the large quake happened after we had one about 4.2. So that was concerning to me that the largest was a little later. Um, I'm hopeful that was the largest one we're going to have. And normally these aftershocks are a little less, but there are a number of aftershocks more so than I feel that we've had in the past. And quickly back to the hospital. You mentioned it's close to the Mojave Desert. We're, it, this is July. Uh, bringing patients out of a hospital close to the desert yeah. means it's extremely hot. Are you concerned about the fact that that? People not only in and around this hospital, but in your uh, in your district more broadly, are now likely most of them are going to be having to potential deal potentially deal without power. It, it would be a real case. That's what we're evaluating right now. I can't thank the first responders enough and the help from the others. We also have the military base there that we have to assess. That is very critical for our national defense. For and it's the air corridor that that, that we use. So all through there. But you do want to make sure the safety of the patient, especially when there's other gas leaks. There's none that has been reported yet in the hospital. But the one thing in California, we have to build to a certain code, and an earthquake code is one that we build to. But this is so close to the epicenter and such a large quake that we do have to evaluate that before patients are allowed back in. If they are not, then we're really going to have to move people more than an hour away. More than an hour away. Okay, you mentioned a couple of times the naval base. Uh, this is obviously in your district. They're assessing the damage, you said. What exactly does that mean? And talk a little bit about what this naval base uh, is all about. Well, if you take the China Lake Naval Weapons Center and you go down that air corridor to Edwards Air Force Base as well, this is the epicenter of where this movement is. This is more the, um, the testing of um, missiles and others. The lab there is very important. Uh, it's more in the air that they're testing, but you just want to make sure you evaluate all that, that it's that close. But what's, what's fortunate for us and for that city, how well the military and the city works together, the resources you have for both. And right now, we want to make sure everybody's safe. Um, we haven't had any reports of casualties, but we're just assessing, putting out the fires that we have. 
and making sure the buildings are still standing. Can you explain, you mentioned weapons uh, and, we- and missile testing. That sounds pretty dangerous uh, for, uh, for, for a place that just had a major earthquake. Can you well, describe that, what's, in, what's, what's actually in this space without the, giving national security uh, no, issues what, what, what away? You te- what you test in this base is, um, it's Mojave Desert, so mm-hmm. there's not a lot. It's the airspace, it's the 2508 airspace. So what they do is they test the aircraft from Edwards Air Force Base, and China Lake is the, is the mine power to building the technology, and at times they'll test it out there, uh, but it's not a fear for any of that at this point of where they are. So you have not heard from, from any no. of, the, of the officials there in the no, Pentagon? No, we've, che- we've, we've checked in with everybody. And you, they, they think it's, everything is safe, yeah. including yes. more important, I mean, the people, but also the weapons? Yes. Okay. Because the weapons, the weapons come on the airplanes, and the airplanes are not there. Um, you talk about the fact that you obviously you don't just represent this district. You're a lifelong Californian. Um, was was your district and this whole area prepared for this? One thing, if you live in California, you're prepared, but you're never prepared enough. Uh, my main city, Bakersfield, in the 50s, got totally wiped out by an earthquake. Uh, you've been through the Northridge. And there's di- the timing of when an earthquake happens also matters about what happens when the Northridge hit. It was early in the morning, so there wasn't a lot of people on the road when the highways collapsed. We've continued to build to a higher standard to be able to sustain these. Uh, but anytime you get an earthquake coming up over five, when it gets into the sixes, these are major quakes. When you remember what, like a, the World Series in San Francisco and others. Mm-hmm. Um, Something you, ne- you, don't, you, you don't get a report from the weather station that one's coming. That's the challenge that you have in an earthquake. Um, and w- the other thing is they happen. You, you, you've lived through many of them, but some of them are smaller, so you wonder. And the training is always there from the day you go into school or not, where you get to the doorway, wh- wh- what happens within a quake, that you prepare yourself, that you have the food and water sitting in your house and others. Um, Right now, if I took a quick assessment, I think we're very fortunate. The size of this earthquake and what's being reported is less. I was in an earthquake that was um, over on the coast a number of years ago that had an epicenter where the building started coming in on us, and one building collapsed and one person did die, but the roads were up above, and it became a a real challenge to travel. It was over um, in San Luis. but today, getting the rest of the assessments, and it'll take a little time because this is a large space within Mojave. But um, right now, we're fortunate, and the teams are working very closely together, um, and everybody's cooperating. Are your constituents still in danger? Um, the, the only telling is you do not know based upon are there more quakes coming. You know, we're getting these aftershocks, and as long as these aftershocks are, are, are not as strong, we're in a pretty good place. Um, but I think everybody working together right now, we get the gas um, leaks taken care of. We make sure the hospital's safe. I think we're going to have damage here, and this is where we'll have help. We'll probably uh, talking to the mayor. They may have to declare an emergency in Ridgecrest, and this is what we'll come back and make sure that we're able to um, help them in their time of need. And one last question, because we know you got to go back to uh, to working the phones. The president, we understand that the, from the White House that the president has uh, been briefed on this. I know you speak to him uh, pretty regularly. Have you heard from him or spoken to him or anybody at the White House yet? I know it's early. You know, I, t- I was just talking to the president last night. Uh, we traded calls here going through, and I'm probably going to talk to him, but I thought I'll talk to you and then give him his call back. Well, yeah. well, th- well thanks for having your priorities right. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, good luck all right. to you and Thank all your you. constituents, and we really appreciate that update. Thank you, Mr. Okay. Lear. Thank you. And let's get straight to CNN meteorologist Tom Sater, who is in the CNN Severe Weather Center. Tom, you just heard Kevin McCarthy talking about what it mm-hmm. feels like there, talking about the fact that he can't say whether people are still in danger because of all the aftershocks that we've already seen, 58 and everybody expects more to come uh let me let me just give you an updated number dana Mm. we've now uh picked up 73 aftershocks we've been covering these uh over in cnn international seems like every other week anything that's 6.0 or stronger you know we get emails and alerts and everything 
On the real big ones, you may have aftershocks for days and weeks, even months, but I've never seen in any quake of any magnitude stronger than this where we've had such a swarm of them. Now, to back up just a little bit, the last couple of weeks, the last three weeks, really, there's been a lot of concern up in California on these swarms, these tremors that have been taking place, and many have been wondering, well, is, is this going to lead us to something stronger? Uh, in many cases around the world, I mean, we're on the ring of fire. That can't happen, but you just never know. So let's back up and review for those that have been following. A 6.4 occurred at 10.33. At 10.05, we had a four shock. That was the 4.7. Uh, some areas we've had 4.1s, but that's the four shock. If we happen to see a quake develop that is larger or stronger than 6.4, That'll become the original quake. Let's hope that doesn't happen and this will be a foreshock. But we're seeing so much energy right now at a depth of only five miles deep, mm. which means the wave activity was able to travel farther because it wasn't so deep uh, into the earth. Let's break this down. This is a shake map from the USGS and you get a better idea of who felt what. Very strong shaking, 42,000. That's, uh, that's Ridgecrest. I mean, there are over 30,000 people there. And for the first time today, one official, Dana, told us uh, it's not all bad. It's not all good. He said besides the fires and the gas leaks and they're evaluating the hospital, there's major damage. The first time we've heard the word major damage at a hotel. If one building has major damage, there's going to be others. But 42,000 felt very strong. No one felt severe, violent or extreme. However, you come up to light shaking, there's 21 million people. Hmm. I mean, that's L.A. You've got another over two million uh, that felt light shaking. Now, these are what we call pagers. They're given to us by the USGS. They put all the information of population, the strength. Uh, the aftershocks, everything, uh, and gives us a little bit of an idea. Now, I, no one wants to talk about fatalities, but you want to see green on this pager. It tells us the estimated fatalities, a good 65% chance no one died. Unfortunately, they give us a 30% chance of maybe 1 to 10. So far, the news is good. But they have another pager, and this computer model deals with economic possible losses. 35% chance, the greatest chance in yellow here, to have between $10 million and $100 million worth of damage. It doesn't take long when you've got infrastructure problems like the highway we're seeing uh, or this hotel, insurance claims for homes, every little fracture, uh, split, crack in a foundation, any home or business that has been compromised could have more damage if these uh, swarms of these earthquakes aftershocks continue. Uh, also, there's going to be, I think, not only days, but weeks of inspections going on. Mm -hmm. If we're seeing that kind of damage on the roadway, you can bet every hospital, home, business, school, a bridge is going to be looked at. So we still have the possibility after our 6.4 to have at least one aftershock that's 5.4 or greater. Hmm. History tells us that happens with a 6.4. And as Dr. Jones told us earlier, the seismologist, seismologist, she maybe expects this in the next 24 hours. So I, everyone's nerves are rattled. Anxiety is high. Fear still growing. It's going to be a long couple of days as these aftershocks most likely will continue. Yeah, brace yourself. 5.4 yeah. is no small thing. Just real quick, um, we have on the screen there, and you just, you just gave us an updated number of 73 uh, aftershocks so far. Yes. Can you put that in context? Is that is that uh, typical for a 6.4 or is that a lot more than than people who are used to earthquakes are used to? You know, when we cover large quakes like in Indonesia or up to Japan or Papua New Guinea, mm -hmm. I mean, you'll see 6.4, 6.6s, and sometimes you'll have one stronger, as mentioned. But again, if we get in closer on this map here, there's all these yellow dots. These are just uh, small quakes within the last week. But when you get in tighter here, if I can have my producer do it, you're going to see what has happened in just the last day. Uh, he must be on. Here we go. Must, and the orange is the last. This is the last day. This is all the activity today. Mm -hmm. We'll continue to get in closer. Dana, all these red dots here are in the last hour. So this is extreme activity that we're seeing from our initial magnitude quake down to the southwest. Ridgecrest Ridge Crest is right here. Mm -hmm. This is where it gets interesting. If we have these quakes or these aftershocks continuing toward the community, any home or business that's been compromised, uh, integrity of the building could have further damage. And this is not going to stop at dusk. I mean, this is what makes the overnight period uh, really frightening. And if, if anyone smells gas or anything, or you just feel that you can't stay in your home, you've got to get out for the day and the night. Very important advice. Thank you so much for all of that information. We're looking now at live pictures of Ridgecrest, California, which is the epicenter of this earthquake. 
Uh, as we do that, I want to go to the phone. Joining me now is Mick Gleason, who's a supervisor of Kern County, California, which includes Ridgecrest. Thank you so much for joining me on the phone. Um, first, give us your, your broad assessment of what you know at this time. Uh, well, we have a 6.4. We've uh, activated the Kern County Emergency Operations Center. We've mobilized as many resources as we can. We've made contact with uh, all our political allies, and everywhere we can get support is pouring in, and um, things are moving along um, nicely. And one of the things that seems very alarming is the hospital. The hospital, which is, yeah, which yeah, according yeah, to Kevin yeah. McCarthy, is the hospital in that area, yeah. is being right. evacuated, and that's what you're looking at right now on the screen. Um, explain how things are going there, and and if there was, if there was a real reason to be alarmed, if there was if there was damage internally, uh, gas leak, anything like that, or if this is just a precaution. Well, there's there's always there's always a danger there, and um, it is a precaution, and there are some issues with the structure so uh the uh, president's taking the responsible task and he's moving uh, patients from one ward to other to other wards and we're moving people out of the uh the hospital and putting them in places uh that are neighboring uh facilities with to help them out is there still there's still power in the area as far as you know yeah there's there's a lot of power uh, in most places there's some power outage reports of power outage but uh things are things you know it's 109 degrees out 110 degrees out there so uh uh, we got to be on top of things and make sure we get these patients and uh, people that are being relocated into facilities that can uh, accommodate their needs. Yeah, I mean, power is always important for, for a hospital, yep. but in 109 degrees, uh, you know, that plus plus. Injuries uh, or, God forbid, fatalities, have you heard of any in, in your county? So far, so far, so good. So far, uh, no injury reports, no fatalities. Uh, the reports we're getting are people are scared, people are concerned, people are confused. Uh, we're doing the best we can to respond to 911 calls and uh, talking with as many people as we can. We've mobilized a lot of resources, so I'm sure we're making some good headway. And I just want to thank all the first responders for being there and being so uh, so diligent in what they do. They really made a big uh, had a big help for us. No, oh, absolutely. Uh, we 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 join you in that that thanks and the, and that applause. Uh, but on that note, the we just heard our uh, our expert in our weather center talking about the fact that the aftershocks in something like a six point four quake, one of them could get as big as five point four, which yeah. is a huge earthquake. So. <laughs> So the, yeah, it's not in and of itself, it's so not what we need. it's not what you need. Exactly. So how right. as somebody who is, uh, you know, in charge of this county, as one of the leaders there, what is your message to the people who are living there and how to prepare or even can they for that? Well, I, think, I think it's just common sense. I think it's take care of uh, where you're at, your immediate vicinity. Uh, check your building. If you have issues, move, get out of the building. If you smell gas, get out of the building. Go check on your neighbor. Make sure your neighbor's doing okay. Uh, communicate. Get down to City Hall and uh, talk to people and get the resources we have available and uh, communicate, and um, we'll get through this together. Thank you so much. You're a very busy man, and uh, you're, you're helping to coordinate all of this, and we really appreciate your time. And uh, stay in touch and um, good luck with everything. We're hoping that that 5.4 doesn't actually come. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we have much more coverage on this breaking news coming up. Plus, we're going to turn to the president and promises for the show of a lifetime as many worry his Independence Day plans are dividing Americans. We're going to go live to the National Mall next. Rifles they carry with fixed bayonets weigh in. We're continuing to follow the breaking news, a 6.4 magnitude earthquake striking Southern California with more than 70 aftershocks reported so far. We're going to have more on that in a few minutes, but we're going to turn now to our politics lead. In just a couple of hours, President Trump will be speaking at the Lincoln Memorial for his Salute to America event. White House officials say the president is hoping for an enormous crowd. Well, a source tells CNN that military chiefs are concerned about politicizing Independence Day. Our team of reporters is covering the story from all angles. We want to start with Abby Phillip near the Lincoln Memorial. Abby, the president urged his followers on Twitter to get to the National Mall early. 
What are you hearing from your sources about what he's actually going to say in this speech tonight? Well, Dana, the White House has been saying that this speech is still under development, that, but that President Trump is going to call uh, to America's collective patriotism. He's going to highlight the economy and also highlight what he's done for veterans. But there are still some questions about whether President Trump, who's known to do this, will go off script, making this already controversial event potentially political. In less than two hours, President Trump finally getting his military-focused 4th of July celebration. We're going to have planes going overhead, the best fighter jets in the world, and other planes, too. And we're going to have some tanks stationed outside. White House aides tell CNN that after Trump's disappointment with the crowds on the National Mall for his inauguration, he's hoping round two will deliver. Already, Trump raising expectations, claiming people are coming from far and wide to fill the mall. But with heightened security, 90-degree temperatures, and a flood watch in the forecast, the event may not live up to the president's wishes. Aides have been working overtime to fill the massive space, distributing tickets to Trump political allies, including through his re-election campaign. The last-minute scramble to put on a military show for Independence Day, coming after Trump witnessed this Bastille Day event in France in 2017. It was a tremendous thing, and to a large extent, because of what I witnessed, we may do something like that on July 4th in Washington, down Pennsylvania. As Trump tries to replicate the show of military might, the White House has greatly expanded their requests from the Pentagon in the last two weeks, the New York Times reports. All this coming at an unknown price tag. Trump officials refusing to disclose the taxpayer-funded bill. I don't know. You'd have to ask the DOD, I assume. Tonight, the president will deliver a 20-minute speech to the nation, punctuated by flyover presentations by each branch of the military, including an unprecedented appearance by Air Force One overhead. And for the finale, the Navy's elite blue angels will close out the show. In all, nearly 800 military personnel are expected to participate, but not everyone is thrilled with the military flyover. Sharing the National Mall today, the baby Trump balloon and protesters who criticize the president for politicizing the traditionally nonpartisan holiday. So already, Dana, as you can see, it is raining here, but the crowds are lining up and they are gathering with their ponchos, preparing uh, to uh, witness uh, the rest of the program here that's already begun behind me as members of the military are participating in, uh, in a parade and demonstration. Uh, but we will r wait to see whether these crowds that President Trump has been urging and expecting will actually show up in this kind of weather, Dana. Thank you, Abby. Well, we're going to get at least some of the answers at this early hour to those questions from Tom Foreman, who's on the National Mall. Tom, what are the crowds like so far? Well, Dana, there has been a steady trickle through the security uh, entrance in this area. The line has never been very long, though, as people make their way through and start heading in toward the events past the Washington Monument. Now, whether or not this will all come together in a huge crowd, of course, is something that we'll have to determine in the future. But the heat very much kept people down to begin with. Now the rain and we've had persistent thunder coming in and out of this area as we've uh, prepared for this. I don't know what impact that'll have on everyone. Plus, I must say there has been a strong showing of Donald Trump supporters, but a reasonable showing of protesters as well. Mm -hmm. And there has been some talk among some people of the idea of not wanting to be around if there's a potential clash. So as Abby pointed out, we're going to have to see in the next couple of hours whether or not Donald Trump finally gets the crowd here that he thinks he wants or deserves. But right now, it seems very much up in the air. All right. Well, let's hope that the uh, for maybe for your sake, if not everybody else is out there, that the rain at least stops uh, until the fireworks. Thank you so much, Tom Foreman. Appreciate that. Get straight to the Pentagon. CNN's Barbara Starr is there. Barbara, service members appearing at this event have reportedly been given guidance about their conduct today. What can you tell us about that? Well, hi there. You know, this is something that's really actually very typical that the military does when members who are not used to dealing with the public or dealing with the news media are out there at these very large-scale public events 
like today. We're already seeing the first of those ceremonial units appear in front of the public. And people are always happy to see the military, but they don't always know what to say to the public. And so there are suggestions for them. And we can tell you that, yes, a memo was issued by the local military authorities here in Washington, D.C., with suggestions, with some talking points about what troops might want to say when the public approaches them. One of those, and let me quote from it, they suggest that a, a troop says, quote, I am proud of my job and my vehicle tank. I'm glad to share my experience with the American people. The Pentagon, when this all came to light a couple of days ago, issuing a statement emphasizing again that it's a pretty typical practice, saying it's common practice is for the military to issue media cards to personnel with messages and talking points. But let's just for one second step back. We see the armored vehicles there. We see the troops. For the military, this is not a reality TV show. In the real world, when there are armored vehicles, tanks, armored personnel carriers out in the field, out in combat, it is the most serious thing. Uh, it means diplomacy has failed. It means American troops are out there fighting for their lives. That is a message they very much want the American public to always know. Dana? Very important message and very well said. Barbara Starr, thank you so much for that. And a programming note, CNN will be airing President Trump's speech live at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. We're going to bring it back around the panel. And look, we're going to do that. And we're going to let people see and hear whether or not the president is going to stick to as he calls it, the patriotism and the, and the importance of the day of American might, or if he's going to turn political. Alice, what do you think? I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. This president will stick to the script and will be patriotic and will certainly uh, be paying uh, tribute to our, our military, but also our country in celebration of our independence. I don't expect him to be political at this. He understands that there, there's a, a lot riding on this. This is something that he has really wanted to do. And as long as he sticks to the script, this will be a huge success. And whether or not there is a large crowd out there, we can all guarantee he will say there is a large crowd out there <laughs> tomorrow. And this will be a success for him. That's a very important point. Um, he has scripts and he's had scripts before. It doesn't necessarily always mean that he sticks to them. No, but, you, uh, you know, we have a recent example of this at, uh, at the, the D-Day uh, memorial uh, celebration uh, in Normandy. He, he did stick to the script, and a lot of people, including a lot of critics of the president, said it was uh, maybe one of the best speeches he's made as president. You know, this is a president who does sort of appreciate pomp and circumstance, appreciates the show of this, even if there are not large uh, crowds uh, at, at this event tonight in Washington, there's going to be a lot of people watching it on television. And, and Angry, you cover the White House. What are you hearing from your sources? Um, a couple of things. Uh, that he does intend to give a patriotic speech that uh, is narrow in scope, uh, that celebrates the country uh, and celebrates uh, the military. He, ex he wants to focus on the role of American fighting uh, men and women and uh, to say that our country uh, exists in, in the form it does uh, because of, of their sacrifice. I was at that speech at Corvo-Somer, and he, he had something there that I think is, it translates uh, uh, to tonight's experience, which is he had behind him 75 uh, World War II D-Day veterans. And he knew, he is a television man, he knew that they were the, the story and that they were the image. And he spent a good deal of that speech with his back to the crowd, talking to the veterans, and then going and talking, you know, kind of crowd diving and doing lots of things that we're actually not very accustomed to seeing the president do. He'll have uh, a similar tableau, uh, less evocative than 90-year-old uh, men at their last of these events, uh, as he had in Normandy. But he will still have the American military arrayed before him at his critics will say as a prop, uh, but it will change the way he deals uh, with that speech as a result. Denise Fuentes, you've been sitting there patiently, <laughs> <laughs> uncharacteristically, quietly. I'm sure you have a lot to say about Taking this. Taking it all in. I know. <laughs> you know, I come, Dan, I, I come from a family of veterans. The July the 4th is an important celebration. And for me, from my perspective, I've seen my uncles and my father go and fight and come back and deal with the consequences. If the president of the United States knew what July the 4th really means to our servicemen, he would not be doing this show. You know, our tanks and our military are not political props. I think the best gift you can give our servicemen and women is to let them spend the day the way we normally do. Barbecues. This is a birthday of our country. 
with family, not having to worry about how to move tanks from Georgia, not having to worry about making the president happy, whether or not we're going to have the big crowd that he is expecting because now the weather's bad. Now we have competing interests with the earthquake in, in Los Angeles. So I think we have the most demagogic yet less articulate precedent in what is supposed to be a temple to our fights, to our civil war, which was still has repercussions to our history, to civil rights, and yet have a precedent that is unneeded. We don't need the president to give a speech, and we don't need this military uh, fanfare, this military parade. We really don't. I think it's offensive to our service and totally unnecessary, and let's talk about a waste of resources. I, I respectfully disagree. All the criticism we're hearing from those on the left, this is not about the military, this is not about the money, this is about President Trump living rent-free in his haters' head who don't want him to celebrate this holiday the do way that he wants parade? to do. Alice. He can do, we can do exactly what he wants to do. We, we've always had the parade. That's not anything not new. We will, have the, we will have the fireworks like we've always had. But here's the he thing. I was them. down there today. People were excited to go down there and participate in the July 4th festivities. They will be excited to see the fireworks. They, will, they don't have to listen to Donald Trump if they don't want to. But this is something that he has always wanted to do. I think this is great to show but patriotism. But reason and, why a president stays away because this is not political. And I hope you're right. And the speech is not a political speech because this is a speech for all Americans. This should not be about why are they giving out VIP tickets to the biggest donors to stand in the bleach? Why? Why is this not open to the general public the it, way it, it should be? Here's what I'm waiting for. How quickly will images from today be used as part of right. the 2020 re-election? It's inevitable, right? Exactly. It might, it, in what now. way? For or against? Well, I, that's a good question. I, I assume that, that the Trump campaign will use it. I mean, even if it's raining, it's going to be an extraordinary scene, an extraordinary tableau ex designed by him. To show it, how voting it, and reelecting him makes us feel safer, how he's just a strong man and our dear leader. But it's, it's, it's also just a small part of what's been happening today in the nation's capital along the mall to celebrate the 4th of July. There's the Capitol 4th celebration later tonight. So, um, you know, this is sort of uh, a small part. And I think the problem that the president finds himself in is wherever he is involved, uh, the sort of uh, partisan reactions uh, just uh, become inflamed. And I think that is a, uh, a problem that uh, maybe he did or did not anticipate, I don't know, uh, about sort of injecting himself into what has been in years past sort of devoid of politics. Um, that's just... That's just the nature of things uh, like as they are right now. He got elected. He's been dividing us since he got elected. I, I think we will be pleasantly surprised. This will be, to Mike's point, this will be a Normandy-esque type speech. He understands the significance of this. And if he makes it very patriotic about patriotism to our country and about the, the pomp and circumstance of this holiday, it is a win-win for the president. What about the, the crowd size? And it's, it almost feels silly. It does feel silly for me to even ask this question. But you all know why I'm asking the question, and you alluded to it when we started the segment, which is for the first, I don't know, 10 days of his presidency, that's all we heard about. I mean, you talk about him standing in front of uh, men and women in the military when he first went to the CIA in front of the most sacred place in the CIA. He talked about the crowd size. So if he doesn't get the right crowd size here, whether it's because of the rain or because of, you know, whatever the reason... Are we then going to hear about this for the next um, yes. months? Yes. I mean, there, I, I'm, I'm fully confident that no matter what actually happens in terms of the number of people who turn out uh, for, for the speech tonight, and uh, he will claim it is a larger uh, uh, crowd than it really is, purely because that's what he did before. I mean, I, who knows? I could be wrong. But I, the day after his inauguration last year, he demanded to have the acting head of the uh, Park Service uh, get on the phone. A bureaucrat from, you know, the, the trenches from eight buildings over who all of a sudden is being summoned to the telephone uh, to talk to the president who demanded to see different photographs than the ones that had already been provided. And because it is a celebration of uh, America's freedom and the freedoms that come along with it, it is there's freedom of speech and that means protesters. And we've already seen the baby Trump blimp on the National Mall. Apparently, there's a giant Trump robot. Um, you know, if you if you put on a parade in America, whether you're the president or anybody else, you have to expect it that you're going to get opposition out there, which is not something that he right, likes. Donna, but there's a reason why the president normally does not take part in this in, in, in anything like that. You know, there's normally a, a concert. 
that happens uh, on, on the Capitol, and then you get invited or not. You can be on the lawn, you can be outside, and then there's fireworks, and basically that's pretty much it. And then that gets replicated in every small town in America. What's happening today, I think we should not lose sight that it's pretty unprecedented to have a president in the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, surrounded by tanks, talking about, hopefully, something patriotic, but a message that really we do not need from the one president that seems to be the most removed from understanding the sacrifice and what it means to serve your country. Right, well, we're just a couple of way, an hours away, rather, from the president's speech. We're all going to hear for ourselves yes. uh, what exactly he says. Before we go to break, a programming note, you don't want to miss CNN's exclusive interview with presidential candidate Joe Biden. The former vice president sits down with Chris Cuomo. It airs at 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. Eastern tomorrow morning, only on CNN. And up next, breaking news, the largest earthquake to strike Southern California in two decades. I'm actually going to go right now to a press conference uh, in, uh, in Kern County, in Kern County, the fire department right there. Um, I'm Let's not listen. going to be able to address road closures right now. Uh, there, we've heard that there's a couple of big uh, cracks, if you will, in the roads in different places. But we're actively uh, working on that now. Do you have a question, sir? Uh, I'm, I'm catching the tail end of this. I'm, I apologize, but if I can just get a, I mean, I don't know everyone's here is really busy, but if I can get like a one minute elevator pitch on kind of the situation that's going on right now for my station, that would be great. Okay, I'll get to that one. Okay. What else do you have? Um, so, uh, obviously, we're going to get to Ready Current in a moment, but how are you going to relay this to the public and really make sure everyone knows what to do, especially if you are tweeting out something like this may, another thing could happen in the next 15 mm-hmm. minutes? Well, oftentimes after earthquakes, uh, we're concerned about the, the, the after effects, the aftershocks. And so we were told uh, that there's going to be a couple aftershocks, and I believe there were a couple aftershocks afterwards. And so um, we'll get to that. Any other questions in regards to... Uh, the incident that's taking place in Ridgecrest, yes. Well, regarding dams, I think uh, you guys do deal with a lot with floating, flooding, yes. especially in the yes. winter months. Yes. Are you concerned about Lake Isabella? Yeah, so we've been concerned about We're uh, always uh, concerned and uh, thoughts are elevated whenever we have an earthquake and it's uh, in the vicinity of the Lake Isabella Dam. And uh, we've reached out to the uh, Army Corps and they're assessing the dam now, but uh, we feel like... Um, uh, they're, they're actively reconnaissance is taking place on that situation right now, and we'll have more later. But as, as of now, we don't know of any issues. Do you want to mention anything about the phone lines? We also heard some information about that. that people... the, the phones and radios are um, being told okay out in Ridgecrest. They are uh, shutting off gas and power in certain areas for the protection of everybody out in the Ridgecrest area. And my final question for you is, you know, a little trivial, but it is 4th of July. Any event cancellations that you know of or how this is disrupting your normal 4th of July flow? You know, I'm, I'm not aware of the events out in Ridgecrest that were taking place today. However, um, I would imagine that anything out in Ridgecrest would not take place today. Um, everything in the city of Bakersfield, I believe, is continuing on. Thank you. Ready, Kern? Okay, so that was just the fire chief in Kern County, David Witt. Kern County is where the epicenter of the earthquake took place. We're going to have a lot more on the aftermath of this biggest earthquake, as you see there, in 20 years in Southern California, right after a quick break. And we're back with the breaking news. More than 70 aftershocks since today's 6.4 quake in Southern California, the largest earthquake to strike Southern California in 20 years. The initial moment captured on camera at our affiliate at KCBS as anchors were in the middle of recording. Listen. Wait, earthquake. what's going on? Are you You're serious? First earthquake. Are That's okay? an earthquake? That's the worst it's going to get, right? Oh, shoot. It's shaking. It? Look. Yeah. Oh, oh, shoot. Oh, Is this oh, it for real? oh, oh, my oh, God. oh, 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 look at Shoot, you guys. Oh, my God. I want to get straight to CNN's Sarah Seidner, who was also in L.A., and it still is as this earthquake hit. Sarah, you're getting more information about this app that alerts residents about earthquakes, which didn't go off where you are in L.A. 
Yeah, I have the app, the Shake Alert LA app. It was put out by the city uh, many months ago, um, and it was it was lauded as, look, this can give you a heads up that an earthquake is happening. In other words, you get a few seconds, uh, which can save lives, so that you can get underneath, for example, a table uh, and get yourself in a safe area. Uh, it did not go off, and a lot of people in Los Angeles reacted because you could certainly feel this as you you saw the anchors there reacting. We could certainly feel it where we were in a 15-story building, the whole building moving back and forth. The uh, the light fixtures here, you could see those swaying just a bit. No, it was not extremely strong here. It's far stronger at the epicenter, a 6.4 there. It was about somewhere around a 4.5 uh, here in Los Angeles. Now the city of L.A. has heard the folks here saying, we want an alert, even if, as long as we can feel it, we want to know it's coming. So they have decided to revise the app so that you will get an alert if there is an earthquake with a magnitude of five or less. Uh, and that seems to have made people a, a lot happier. Basically, if folks can feel it, they want some kind of idea that this is coming. And now there is technology that lets you know uh, that there is an earthquake that is going to happen. And sometimes it's 10 seconds, sometimes as much as 45 seconds before. And that can, as rescue uh, workers will tell you, save lives. Um, I do want to mention this as well. As far as Ridgeview goes, we have just been listening to the fire chief there, or sorry, in Ridgecrest, uh, California, not Ridgeview, Ridgecrest. Ridgecrest is about 156 miles or so from Los Angeles. That is where the epicenter was and where uh, the damage is. There is no damage here in this large city, but there is damage there. Uh, those folks dealing with that right now, the, uh, we have now learned that there are two house fires likely due to this earthquake there. Donna? Sarah, thank you so much. It's pretty fast action to make that change so quickly to that app. I, I appreciate that. And I want to go straight to the mayor of Ridgecrest. She's on the phone, Peggy Breeden. Uh, and Ridgecrest, as Sarah mentioned, was the epicenter of today's earthquake. Let's start with what we just heard from Sarah. House fires going on in your city. What can you tell us about that? Uh, there were five. I understand there was another one. I cannot confirm that. And uh, we are, I am back at the police department now. We are just uh, we were at the hospital because they were evacuating the hospital as a matter of precaution. Uh, we have declared a state of emergency, thus uh, enabling us to get significant help from other governmental entities around us. I have talked to uh, Congressman uh, Kevin McCarthy and our Assemblyman Vince Fong, as well as Senator Kamala Harris, and we are all uh, all have pledged whatever we need, and we're very grateful for that. What I'm asking is if you uh, would please present this to our people. If you are okay and you are near a neighbor and do not know what they are and what condition their home is or them, please knock on their door and find out because we are a city of 28,000 very close-knit people. That is that is very important uh, advice and, frankly, maybe should be a directive from the mayor there and and uh, not just neighborly, but but in critically important we for people. We have an emergency center set mm -hmm. up here at the city. Kern County has also set up one. Mm -hmm. We are getting as many ambulances from around the area to evacuate the people at the hospital. But that's where we are right now. Okay, so let's talk about that. How, how are the patients there? Because evacuating a hospital, uh, especially when it's north of uh, 100 degrees in temperature, is a huge, huge undertaking. Well, I appreciate you all checking with us. It is a huge undertaking. And Jim Suver, our CEO at the hospital, and all his staff are doing an excellent job making sure we're, we're taking care of all the patients there as best as possible and doing what has to be done. How about power? Is there any uh, concern about power, lack of power? There's power in some areas of the city, some there isn't. PG&E, because we had ruptured gas lines, has turned off the gas to the city. I don't know if it is in the entire area, but I understand it is. Now, you were on the air earlier with my colleague, Brooke Baldwin, during an aftershock. And I'm not yeah. sure if you heard it. You probably have this information from our uh, severe weather center. We are told that there could be one coming as big as over five. So how are you telling your, your constituents and how are you preparing for an aftershock, which is as big as, as many 
you know, regular earthquakes. We, we have an emergency plan, and that's what we're working as instructed with that. But also we are just going around and talking to people and making sure they're aware. Facebook has, has gone crazy, as you can possibly imagine, as well as... But that's where we are. And that's the most we can do is just tell people to be careful and watch out for each other. And I just want to let you know that the USGS just reported that the aftershocks are now 85. So 85 aftershocks since this morning's uh, oh 6.4. My oh, my goodness. Are you, okay. st- are you still feeling them where you are? Uh, not right this moment, but I felt I don't think I felt 85 of them. But well, that's good. Whatever. Well, that's good, because the, the other thing I wanted to ask is just about, you know, the, the human part of this. You know, luckily, thank God. Uh, we don't have any reports of fatalities of, or major injuries, but the, the people... We don't, are- yeah, that's why we're asking people to go check. I was just headed up to the hospital to go see how they were doing on the holiday because they were going to have uh, a, a small event for people as well as one of our churches was having a major patriotic event. And I heard that at the senior center... There was panic, and I ran over there as quickly as I could, and we got the people out of there, um, made sure there was no damage other than things falling and breaking. People were not hurt, and that's the most important thing. I would imagine nerves are pretty frayed. Yep. What, what, are, so. what, what are you, what is your message in addition to the very practical message to go knock on just, your neighbor's just, door. Just be careful, be safe, and do everything that seems humanly possible to do to make sure your neighbors are okay, because that's what we are. And, and your family, is your family okay? I haven't even had a chance to talk to them. Oh, my goodness. Well, hopefully you will be able to maybe get off the phone with, with <laughs> us, which we will do okay. in 20 seconds, and, uh, and you'll All be right. able to talk to them. But before we let you go, just real quick, my last question for you is, are you getting the resources that you need? Right now, virtually everything we can think of is being promised or on the way. And I've even heard from the White House. So I'm, I'm thinking that, that we've talked, as I say, we've talked to Kevin McCarthy, Vince Fung, and Camilla Harris and, and the White House. So we're doing okay. Good. We just need everybody to remember us and take care. Well, everybody okay? is. Mayor Peggy Breeden, thank you so much for your time. Thank Our you. coverage continues right now. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.